Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Now, global investment banks, they've turned almost unanimously optimistic on the market around this time last year, only to be confounded by a 14% drop in the MSCI China index. Now, Chinese benchmarks or stock benchmarks, in fact, they have been approaching key technical levels amid a relentless sell-off in recent weeks, and a tumble below the thresholds may point to further losses ahead. The downtrend comes as global investors remain pessimistic on China's outlook. Now, as policymakers ramp up efforts to arrest a housing slump and extend funding support for the broader economy, hopes are also building again that 2024 will be better. Or will it? Well, joining us on the phone today to tell us more is Ishika Mukherjee, who's the deputy team leader for Asia Stocks at Bloomberg News. Ishika, welcome back to the show. Hey, glad to be back. Glad to have you on again. Ishika, you know, Asian stocks, they broadly rallied last week, if I'm not wrong. And that's after the Fed flagged the end of its tightening cycle and struck a dovish tone for the year ahead. But it does look like, you know, Chinese stocks, they weren't able to keep up with that positive momentum. Has Chinese stocks been dropping weaker than usual? What's leading to the weakness? So it's pretty much the same reasons that we've seen so far mm-hmm. for China, where policymakers at the Central Economic Work Conference last week, mm-hmm. they failed to sort of meet investor expectations in terms of the stimulus measures right. that traders were hoping to hear about, mm-hmm. especially related to the property sector. They came out to support industrial innovation. That was the number one priority at the CEWC, whereas boosting domestic demand and consumption has been a major drag on the economy this year. That was sort of put in number two position. So I think investors were a bit disappointed to see Mm. that. The rebound late in the week helped Mm. when China injected record liquidity via one-year loans into the financial system. But yes. That has mm-hmm. been a drag. Okay, so let's dive in deeper about those, you know, policies that were laid out. Just to recap here for those who may have missed the news, but China's top leaders, including President Xi Jinping, concluded the annual economic work conference on next year's priorities. And they emphasize industrial policy and technological innovation. So, Ishika, just to give us a little bit of a recap here, what are China's recovery plans in 2024? Yeah, so China is turning to, as you mentioned, investment in science, investment in research and development, Mm -hmm. industrial innovation as growth engines. Of course, the authorities are well aware that, you know, the population is aging and repeated moves to boost consumption haven't really worked out. This year, amid record youth unemployment, Mm -hmm. worries about job losses, very high savings rates. So people are preferring to keep money in savings rather than Mm -hmm. spend it. So the government has said that it will, of course, take uh, measures to boost consumption. It will take measures to boost industrial investment as well. Mm -hmm. And those were some of the key things. What was missing from the CEWC was also big measures from the government to, as I said, boost the property sector. And a lot of middle-income household wealth is linked to the property sector, very closely tied to it. Mm -hmm. And new home sales continue to plunge, property investment continues to decline. Mm -hmm. And there's no visible way out for the property sector right now. So 
the government does have its work cut out for it next year. Okay. Uh, one thing I would like to add is also that they talk about how monetary policy alongside fiscal policy could be another way to stimulate the economy, though rate cuts so far have not really, beyond short-term rallies, worked for the stock market. Mm-hmm. And you did mention earlier that these policies were a little bit of a disappointment for investors. So what was disappointing for them? What more were they expecting? How big of a stimulus did they want? Uh, Yeah, so I think investors were really looking for something around property. That is a key linchpin Mm -hmm. of the economy. Property and related sectors accounted for about 20% of the economy before COVID. So the government really didn't come out to say much, except that they would take a measured approach to supporting Mm. developers and the sector overall. Mm. So there were concrete plans would you say? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it also seems that the downtrend in Chinese benchmarks it comes as global investors are remaining pessimistic on China's outlook. I mean, in fact, in recent weeks, Chinese stock benchmarks, they have been approaching key technical levels amid a relentless sell-off. Ishika, how critical is this? It's pretty critical when you look at mainland benchmarks. Actually, we've been keeping an eye on the 20-year trend line for the Shanghai Composite, mm-hmm. which a lot of mainland traders watch. If it falls below that, that is going to be a big, let's say, psychological for mm-hmm. or setback rather, for mm-hmm. the market. And beyond that, of course, all the benchmarks have fallen to their year-to-date lows. They mm-hmm. fell to that in early last week. So it seems like the sell-off is pretty relentless. Any rebound is also, like we saw the rebound on Friday, has given up, like has pretty much reversed today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not much that would push global fund managers right now to get into China. So are you seeing more of a trend where people are pulling away from China? Absolutely. Uh, so funds that are, say, EMX China mm-hmm. have basically risen to a record high fund launches Mm -hmm. that exclude China from portfolios have risen to a record high. A lot of asset managers we've spoken to of the record have told us that clients continue to ask them for Mm ex-China portfolio exposures. And there's not much that would bring these funds back on a structural basis. Mm -hmm. There may be tactical trades because seasonally this is a good time to be in China (laughs) according to history, Mm -hmm. but that's not really playing out as well this year either. So So amid this backdrop, does this kind of signal that we should be expecting further decline for Chinese stocks going forward? The one thing the market is watching now is the GDP growth target. Based on everything that was mentioned at CEWC, it seems like policymakers may stick to the 5% target as they had in 2023. Mm -hmm. If the GDP growth target comes in better than expected or worse than expected, you could, of course, see a market reaction based off of that. That would be expected from the NPC meetings Mm -hmm. early next year. Up until then, (laughs) you do have strategists from JP Morgan to Goldman Sachs sort of expecting single digit gains in the MSCI China and China related benchmarks next year but then they always tend to be optimistic towards year end and this is the second year running that they've proved to be wrong Mm, I see I see well just to recap this year I mean it looks like 2023 is a year to forget for China bulls who you know they were almost unanimously optimistic on the market around this time last year but seeing that 14% drop 
drop in the MSCI China index so far. Has the sentiment on further growth of Chinese stocks changed? I mean, what are experts that you've spoken to, Ishika, you know, expecting for Chinese stocks now? It's a very nuanced change. Mm -hmm. They are optimistic as they were at the end of last year. But last year was more about forecasting double-digit gains Mm. for 2023, whereas this year it's whittled down to single-digit gains. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So for all you know, the China market may surprise on the upside if the government does get the economy revving back up again. Mm. There are all these issues that we've discussed, plus, of course, financing for local government vehicles, which continues to be an overhang for the market. I see. I mean, despite many... as you said, toning down their forecasts and expecting just single-digit gains for the MSCI China gauge now. Are there still optimism for Chinese markets for some? I mean, what are the bulls saying if there are any? Yeah, so bulls are pointing to potential for more monetary policy easing. Mm -hmm. In China, they're talking about pockets of the market. So people are now holding off from, you know, getting very excited about the broader market. Mm -hmm. But they do think there are like on a company level, there are opportunities, especially in these sectors that the government is promoting, such as tech, innovation and science. And as we've seen this year, there have been huge speculative rallies in, say, Huawei suppliers or SOEs. So there is space to make returns from China and to make alpha in China if you're positioned in the right mm-hmm sectors. Consumption has been another theme that has been coming up. We saw movie tickets, etc. pointing to you know, improved consumption right. in the economy, but that may have played out as well. I see, I see. In fact, I read earlier that some bulls are even predicting a so-called relief rally, saying that, you know, China will outperform and drive regional stocks higher in 2024. If that happens, I mean, or what factors would lead to this possibility? It's going to be a tough one because we just had the Fed signaling a pivot, which has led to an everything rally, essentially, which sort of faded today, to be (laughs) honest, in the Friday session in the US. But if the Fed well and truly pivots, it is going to boost stocks globally. Mm -hmm. And China then has its work cut out even more for itself. There will be so many other opportunities for global fund managers to put their money in. I mean, India and Korea have been identified as some markets in Asia that would benefit from everything going on in the economies, Mm -hmm. plus a weaker dollar as, you know, Fed as US interest rates peak. Mm So uh, for China to outperform, I think you'd want to see the property sector come back on track. And that could be or the LGFV situation, and that could be a big underpriced Mm. upside risk in the market right now. Okay, I see. Well, before we let you go here, Ishika, what else should we be looking out for in the next couple of weeks that could move Chinese markets? Essentially, it's a seasonally, as I said, it's a seasonally good time to be in China. So Mm. maybe you see some of that seasonal sentiment come back in. And if you see more clues on the Fed pivoting, that could also lift Hong Kong stocks, which are more high beta Mm -hmm. compared to their mainland peers. And heading into early next year, you'll have key meetings like the NPC where you'll see the growth target Mm -hmm. mentioned and that would 
then play out into the earnings expectations for China and Chinese companies. And that could, if it's positive, boost stock. Those are some things to watch out for. I see. Well, thank you so much, Ashika, for your time and your insights today. Thank you. Love being on the show. Thank you. Always a pleasure (laughs) speaking to you. We've been speaking with Ishika Mukherjee, who is the deputy team leader for Asia Stocks at Bloomberg News. I'm Hongbin Jung, and this has been Money and the Market. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.